You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject that I have coming up for you, it's Aaron Weaver from Wolves in the Throne Room. Now, it's got to be said from the outset, I've been looking forward to talking to a member of this band for many, many years, well over 10 years, as a matter of fact. I got into them back in about 2007, I think it was, and they had a profound impact on me because... It was the first time, well before I heard Deaf Heaven, that I really heard an artist taking black metal in a different direction, dragging it into the sunlight, as I like to say. Now, the reason for the chat with Aaron is because Wolves in the Throne Room are coming to Australia, and I'll read out some dates. On the 28th of November, 2019, they're playing in Perth. The 29th, they're playing in Brisbane. The 30th, they're playing in Melbourne. Sydney, you've got a show on the 1st of December, and finally, Canberra. Unbelievably, you get a black metal show on the 2nd of December. Now, here's a couple of, uh, just a bit of a heads up, actually, about this conversation here. First thing, it's way too short. With these uh, phonograms, as I like to call them, you uh, phonograms meaning that the artist gets booked sort of 10 to 15 people that he has an interview with over you know, a couple of hours and you inevitably only get sort of 15 minutes. And we had some Skype issues connecting initially, bloody Skype. And uh, that took up about five minutes. So out of my 15 minutes, five minutes was gone just trying to connect. And then, of course, there was the obligatory, well, can you say obligatory? Bloody Skype and the connectivity issues. Uh, so the call does cut out occasionally through the conversation. But it is a good one, as I hope you've come to expect from me and on the podcast series. So here he is, Aaron Weaver from the Washington, USA-based outfit, Wolves in the Throne Room. I think we did it, but it, let me tell you, I was talking to Hansi Kirsch the other night, you know, out of Blind Guardian, and the same thing was happening, so I reckon there's a bloody issue with Skype, you know? You know what it is, man? It's, a, it's the gremlins. They crawl in there, and they start <laughs> dying on the uh, fiber optic cables. Mate, it, trying to fuck with us. Oh, bloody hell, mate. What do, what do you do, mate? But look, I've got to tell you, I know, I know we've only got a very short period of time here, mate. Um, actually, let me ask you this question first. How, how's the logjam of phone calls with Australian media types been going for you? You know, it's pretty good. It's uh, I think there was a, a few mix-ups with the uh, time zones, but apart from that, things yeah. are going great. So I'm just actually enjoying this day, just uh, rolling up some mugwort joints and uh, killing yeah. out. Yeah, killing mate. Yeah, and look, I've got to say from the outset, I'm a big fan of you guys. I actually bought a T-shirt from you guys almost. I think as soon as you put them online back in the day, I um. I'm an old school black metal fan, and I was so grateful when you guys and Deaf Heaven came out because I was so fed up with the whole corpse paint and more evil than thou thing. And I love the way I focus on you guys. I love the way that you you didn't you you bought something to black metal that I hadn't heard before. Okay, you bought something to black metal that, and I'm not just talking about the, in a lyrical sense; it's also in a musical sense as well. You know, you, you dragged black metal's maudlin corpse into the sunlight and i was so grateful for that because i'd been fed up with listening to the same old stuff for so long and i think you guys really came to define a sound that came to be known as north american black metal is that so is that something you've heard a lot yeah definitely and i i agree with that um yeah it's it's clear that we took uh, black metal and the heart of it and the spirit of it and we ripped it out and implanted it into our own region and uh and uh you know we've got a great deal of respect and admiration for those sort of pioneers because 
fuck, man, that's music that really speaks to our hearts and it's really important to us. And at the same time, we're absolutely doing our own thing and don't follow any rules that people set forth mm. as to uh, what metal is or what black metal is. That's just not important to us, you know? Like, we've been doing uh, this music for so long that I feel like we've earned the right to do it whichever way we want to. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, I really appreciate the uh, kind words that you have about about our band. Yeah, no, it's great. And the other thing that I've really liked about you guys too is you, you couldn't give a shit about the haters and all the idiot cult metal, black metal fans that are out there that might have had really negative things to say about yourself or Deaf Heaven. You guys don't give a shit. And I've had arguments with some of these guys. I've even been called, a, 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 I hope I can say this, a faggot before for wearing some of your T-shirts uh, when I'm out and about. And to be honest with you, I don't give a shit. And, and I've taken that as almost a badge of honour at, at times that, you know, you are creating a stir and a bit of a ruckus and these idiots out there that get into some of the more traditional things and don't actually want to see a genre evolve because I think I, I love a lot of the old school black metal fans. This is not a conversation about satiric. I've spoken to all those guys too. You know, Ishan's one of the best interview subjects that I've ever had on my show. Um, but it's some of the fans, isn't it, you know, that, that sort of don't get it and they want the genre to say rooted in an era that can never be repeated. And I'm just so grateful that you guys are around and bringing the genre forward, you know. So um, so on that note, man, you know, the thing about you guys is your albums are meant to be taken as a u- in a unit as far as I'm concerned, not as individual songs. So how do you put together a set list? Um, well, it's kind of the same way we put together an album. Um, we are big fans of mythology from all over the world and ancient stories and that's one of our primary sources of inspiration. Hmm. And uh, it's a journey, you know, a record is a journey. And the way we see it, a live performance is a journey too. So we just choose songs that, um, that create that, that, that weave together the, the, uh, the magic for the evening between, that's, that's between us and the audience in this, in this uh, special moment that we're all blessed and very lucky to be able to take part in. Hmm. And uh, we also... You know, it's important for us to play material from the whole span of the band's career. Like, you know, we love playing material off Thrice Woven, but we also still love playing material off Diadem of Twelve Stars and Two Hunters. Yep. And uh, so that's part of it, too, is finding the balance between the new stuff and uh, the other songs that show where the band has come from and and uh, where our roots are from. Hmm. Yeah, and, and again, man, you've always sounded original. There's been no evolution, really. I mean, when I say evolution, it's not like you started out sounding like Satyricon or Emperor or what have you. You've always just sounded like yourselves. And, and then you threw in what I felt at the time was a curveball, but I, I must say it's probably my favourite album from you guys, which is Celestite. And I've got it on I've got it, the MP3 version, of course, but I also went and bought it on vinyl, and I just love having it on in the background when I'm going about. I've got kids these days, and when the girls are playing in the... Uh, backyard or what have you or you know i just love having your stuff on in the background now it might not be you know the typical scenario or setting in which you created your music and intended for people to listen to it in but man you've got to know i mean this this is music that moves people and it doesn't seem to matter what the medium is or um the way in which you decide to make your music available to people in this case here it's this dark ambient stuff it's just beautifully vast and well-crafted music and um with Celestite, mate, do you see yourself crafting more music in that vein in the future? Yeah, we will. Um, I don't think we'll do it under the Wolves and the Throne Your moniker. Um, okay. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. Like we, we definitely have plans to do 
uh, some more dark ambient music, me and Nathan and Cody working on it together. But I think we'll do it under a different name. Um, I don't know. Celestite was a really beautiful experiment. And um, it was a really important part of the band's development. Um, a big part of that was, you know, when you listen to Celestite, that was the sound of us making our recording studio, where we've recorded uh, Thrice Woven and um, this new record that we're working on right now. And mm. Celestite was us, I don't know, just connecting more and more deeply to this forest. Like, I don't know if you know this, but we live right on the edge of this enormous rainforest, um, you know, ancient trees and yeah. the uh, salt water of the Salish Sea is just a five minute walk around the corner. And um, we're just rooted in here, man. And that's where the inspiration and the magic and the spirit comes from. And and I, I definitely get the sense that people can feel that, that uh, I hear it from people all the time that when they listen to our music, they feel as though they're being transported to this forest and um, and can feel the energy and the spirit that that uh, we get to experience every day. Yeah, I, I can, and I've I've done and read enough of your interviews to know that, mate. Yeah, and I think you're up near where Kurt from Metal Church is in Grace Harbor, aren't you? Around that area there. Yeah, yeah, Grace Harbor is pretty pretty nearby. Yeah, man, Metal Church. They're like a, um, old school metal heroes around here. Yeah, I, I actually caught up with Kurt when he came down here only recently. He's he's a good. I'm actually pr- privileged to say he's a good mate. Actually, yeah, damn good guy too. You know, he's um. And and great band man when they performed down here. Holy shit, the bloody room shook when those guys performed. That's for sure. They've they've definitely more than got it in them, you know. And nice. uh, you know, but that's the same for you guys. You know, thrice woven. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the media who don't really think I don't think get you guys. The metal media said it was a return to form. And okay, so yes, it's a ferocious album, but I think it's just you guys doing your thing. But. I think it was also a very successful album for you guys in that it's, yes, it gets the good Metacritic scores, but fans love it as well. So did that, did, was that an album that took you guys to a different level, do you think? Um, gosh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, every record is so different. It's just because the records are so personal and because they come from, like, the deepest places in our hearts and souls, um, I can't really separate the the music from everything else in my life it's it's just all one thing for me Mm. and so i just can't look at it in terms of yeah did this record you know do something for us as a band um or our career or our um you know having more widespread um people having more knowledge about the band that's just not how i look at it it's um i'm just too close to it and i'm too wrapped up in it Yeah, yeah, it does get a bit like that, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I certainly noticed, it's probably just the more pervasive spread of social media, but I just found like, it just felt like as if you you were a little bit more available than before on that album, meaning that more outlets were covering you guys. And I think that speaks to a couple of things, your profound influence over the rest of yeah, the Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I guess maybe an interesting thing about, that was an interesting thing about when we first came out is very mm. immediately a lot of uh, media attention and not just from the underground but from you know the new york times and you know yeah. the new yorker and the sort of like left uh the sort of like a east coast intellectual establishment and that was a trip for us <laughs> yeah. because you know we're these crusty trippers uh coming out of the deep forest doing a very personal thing it was um it was interesting us on as to um, how quick we were 
accepted by a, by a wide audience. Yeah, yeah, I think you get great coverage over at Pitchfork as well, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, for a metal band, that's uh, really interesting. And I thought you guys were hard done by to miss out on being in their top 200 albums of the last decade. Fuck you, Angela. It sounds like well, you're breaking up a yeah, it sounds like it as well, mate. Um, I'll, I'll let you get to the next one, man. I know it's been quick, man, but Jesus, yeah. I mean, I just really thank you for making the music that you've made, mate. It's uh, had a big impact on my life, man, and I'm just so grateful that you guys are doing what you're doing, and I will be there in the audience when you come down to Australia in November. That's fucking great, Andrew. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure speaking to you, and I really appreciate it. No worries, brother. All the best with it. All right. All right. Catch you, mate. See ya. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject you just heard from was Aaron Weaver from the Black Metal Outfit, Wolves in the Throne Room. There you go. Thanks so much for listening.